cannot see it. You cannot hear it. But you know it is there, watching, waiting, until the time is right for you to face your fear and listen to the Deep Dive Podcast Horror Month 2022. Ooh, I'm scared. Help me. That was like a little Vincent Price there, kind of at the end. Yeah, that actually is Vincent Price. Oh. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, I, I found online the actual recording session for Thriller. Thriller. Yep. Without any music or anything. Okay. So I took part of his laugh and then, like, you know, fiddled with it. and. So you found, like, isolated vocals and, and yeah. audio? That's cool. Yeah. You know, a little homage there, but with oh, a little twist. Nice. A little twist. A little twist. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I like it, too. It's pretty cool. Spooky. Spooky. All right. So, welcome and hello, divers. How are you? Are you okay? Yeah. Good. So glad you're with us. I know. Uh, I'm Tom Feeney, writer for Wang Shop Movie Magazine, and... Joining me here in Studio D, where the D stands for demons. Decapitated. Or delicious. Well, I don't know well, about that. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Uh, this is the Magnificent Mandalorian. That's Hello, me. Manda. Hello. How are you today? I am wonderful. You know, it's that special time oh. of year, mm. um, especially if you live in New England where the weather can yes. change on the turn of a dime. Yes, 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 yes. It feels like, you know, October's hit and now suddenly we're into the freezing weather. Yes, but you know what? It always fools us because at some point during yeah. this month, it's going to heat up again. Yeah. I mean, I'm still wearing sandals, so. Yeah, so you don't really know. You know, you haven't put away your your summer clothes yet, but <laughs> you're trying to get out some of the fall clothes and you don't know, you know. It's... For all the, the newbies and the normies, it's pumpkin spice season. For the rest of us, it's spooky Halloween horror month season. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. That's correct. Yes. And also, uh, like, apple cider. Apple cider donuts. Apple cider donuts. Oh, oh so good. I love it. <laughs> this is not a podcast about our favorite foods, although... <laughs> yeah, that's an idea. That's an idea. Gee, I wonder if anybody's done a food podcast hmm. before. I wonder I if have to look any, into that. I wonder if there are any like podcast factoids that we could throw out there. Oh, man. You know... I didn't have any of those. Uh, actually, I do have some podcast Ooh. factoids. And, and this is something I, was, uh, I, I found that, that actually made me feel better hmm. about... Our little dog and pony show. Uh, <laughs> so apparently, now people will tell you that there are like millions of podcasts out there. And technically. I mean, I guess there are. There are. Yeah. Exactly. However, 90% of podcasts do not get past episode three. What episode are we on? 142. Oh, there okay. There you go. Now, out of the ones left after that, 90% of those will quit after 20 episodes. What, how many are we? 142. There you go. See that? So to be in the top 1% of podcasts in the world, you only need to publish 21 episodes or more. Dale. See that? So Dale. we can say that we are one percenters. <laughs> officially. 
No. <laughs> well, I mean, in that particular... In that regard, we're in top that one. I'd like to say, yes. um, you know, a huge shout out to all our fans in South Korea. Yes. You know, there's BTS, right? There's Gangnam Style. There's Squid Games. And then mm-hmm. there's the Deep Dive Podcast. Yes. And we are so appreciative to be amongst your uh, plethora of entertainment. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, we, we really do appreciate you you listening. And if you are listening here from South Korea, we would love for you to contact us. Yes. Because I really love the snacks they have there and would love to get a care package. Oh, my uh, goodness. Not that I'm asking. Just, just throwing <laughs> it out there. Just that's it. But, you so, know, it would be fun to hear from anybody um, outside of our own country of residence. Yeah, exactly. That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. You know what else is really cool? What? T-shirts. <gasps> T-shirts. We That's should get some right. of those. That's right. We should get some of those. In <laughs> fact, Ooh. if you go to our Instagram page, our little Instagram thing, uh, and you go to our bio, there is a link there to our link tree. We have a link tree. We, we do. We have a link tree that has all of our links, including to our merchandise and our upcoming OnlyFans account. Um, <laughs> no. Well, we'll talk later. Uh, so, yeah. So, check it out. We have a brand new... We have actually two brand new t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the new Halloween Horror Month, which uh, features our new character, Mr. Marrow. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and he will be featured in some of our advertisements as well. And also, something a little whimsical that I just threw out there... Uh, it is a, a, a T-shirt that is inspired by the uh, 50-year-old TV show, The Partridge Family, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, honestly, you see a lot of those kind of T-shirts. I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we finally have one. I love it. So, yes, check it out. They are reasonably priced, and I can guarantee you that they are, in fact, T-shirts. And they are comfortable, because I did buy some for myself. There you go. See that? So do yeah. I. And, you know, uh, <laughs> honestly... We're probably most of the only people that buy them right now. But hey, true, true. that's fine. But honestly, wouldn't you like to have limited edition? Everyone loves limited edition things. That's right. Can you imagine the look on somebody's face <laughs> 10 years from now when they stumble <laughs> across one of our shirts at a Savers? Oh. Think about that. <laughs> or on eBay when we're super huge, part of that 1% podcast family celebrities. I like yours better. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. good. That's good. Savers thing seems kind of sad. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, back to the good stuff. (laughs) I know you've all been patiently waiting, and so have we, actually. Yes, yes. yes. Because this is like our favorite time of the year every year. It is, and we're celebrating here in Studio D. Uh, It's a special time. It is. We just got the carpets cleaned. Uh, The rat problem seems to have subsided for now. COVID's still a thing. Yeah, but our landlord never came back from his trip to the Congo, so that's good news for us. It sounds like a plot of a movie. Yeah, maybe. Mm. But we're celebrating because it's the beginning of season five. Holy cannoli. Of the Deep Dive podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Please sit down. Uh, (laughs) Some applause. Yes, thank you. Uh, Our first episode, or rather, I'm sorry, our second episode as the first will never see the light of day, (laughs) was posted back on November 5th, 2018. I can't even get over that. Think of a different world that it was back then. It was was pre-COVID. so much younger. Pre-insurrection. I was employed. Pre-Trump. Yeah, you know, those were the days. Absolutely. Here we are, four years and 142 episodes later. Wow. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. 
Thank you, Manda. Thanks. All right, very good then. Okay. Uh, so this is also, as we have stated, our third Halloween Horror Month. Mm-hmm. And these episodes are actually some of our most widely listened to. Oh, yes. Uh, as, as history says for our program. <laughs> so, you know, we would like very much for you to continue this journey. Yes. With us, especially throughout the rest of this month, because we got some fun stuff. This is a special time, too. We release an episode every week. Yes. Every single week. Every single week You're is a, a new package filled of horror-filled love. Like a cupcake that's gone bad. Like a red velvet cupcake where the red is actually blood. Oh, good, good. Like a dead velvet cake. Dead velvet. Oh, okay. You top the cake with that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm patenting that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't steal it, please. <laughs> Episode one, which is right now that mm-hmm. we're recording, the beginning of October. And then, of course, we'll have, uh, we've got some other episodes coming up, but we've each got, they're each got their own flavor and their own uh, design. So if you're thinking it's just going to be a standard, you know, talk about horror movies, you're wrong. No. I think every year we, we surprise and delight our many three fans. We do. And, we do. And we, we, we shake it up a bit, just like this episode. Yes. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm shaking right now because I have palsy. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, uh, so what forward. is our topic for this week? Our topic is household horrors. <laughs> <laughs> Things come to life that are normally not alive. Dun, dun, dun. That's correct, yes, <laughs> and not good for anybody involved. You know something, when I was thinking about this episode, I, I a couple of fun facts sort mm. of yes, flew yes. my way. Speaking of numbers, as we just talked about our mm. podcast, there are around, something around, 1.14 billion websites in the world. Ooh. Yep. That's a lot. Now, only 17 or so are active, right? So that's nowhere near a billion. But about 2% of those 17% are dedicated to household items and how you can purchase them at their cheapest. Oh. So mom blogs, more mom blogs, you know, coupon things. Pinterest. Pinterest. It's all that, but... Two percent of a billion is still two million. Mm. That's two million websites, GeoCities, Angel Fires, dedicated to your blenders. Wait, GeoCities? Is it still around? Okay. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh. But, but do you know what I mean? Isn't that nuts? It is nuts. But you know, it's. I'm not surprised. You know, neither am I. I. I would hate to know the number of websites dedicated to other things like weird taxidermies. Just nah. Uh, no, no, you take your finger off the Google machine. No, no. Um, See, that's uh, <laughs> so there. There is a place because uh, uh, my uh, my daughter Katie uh, really loves like weird taxidermy stuff. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know why. Which uh, is your kids? Like, it makes sense. Yeah, we're but... keeping an eye on her. Uh, but yeah, there's this place we like to go to uh, called Mill Number Five. Oh yes, uh, and the they have a carry. Yes, they have a great store that has lots of uh, like little. Weird little uh, taxidermy stuff. And they have a movie theater. Great movie theater. And the a Luna. really amazing coffee shop. Yes, coffee and cotton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan- and they also have a uh, they're, they're, they have an old timey soda fountain mm-hmm. that just reopened. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's so cool. Yes. So yeah, it's a great place. So you know, if, if you're, you're anywhere, in, yeah, if you live in New England, check it out. Look it up. Mill number five. It's Not fantastic. Sponsored. Nope, but I wish we could be could be or actually do a live show from there. We would like that. You know something. I, that reminds me, because um, it's sort of old-timey, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Fiesta Wear? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Isn't it cool? It's like kind of a these brightly colored mm-hmm. plates that they serve like American tacos on. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing, right? I think I actually have some of those plates. Right. But Fiesta Ware was a popular dishware. I mean, it's still popular, but it kind of became more popular in the mid-20th century, right? But did you know that much of the early productions were radioactive due to a glaze which contained uranium? And if uranium sounds familiar, well, maybe you're thinking of good old Mary Curie, who... Mm. <laughs> Well, basically, she was radiated from the inside out because she was testing with uranium. By the way, first woman to win a Nobel Prize. Yeah, she got a glowing review. (laughs) But that was good. But yeah, can you believe it? Now, the reason why I know this is because I like to watch a lot of thrift videos on YouTube. And Mm. some people like to go to savers, like we mentioned, and buy old things. But some people will bring lead tests and they'll bring these like black lights to try and find uranium glass and whatnot. Like on purpose? On purpose. Yes, it's a big thing. I mean, you don't want to eat off of it, but you can collect it. Hmm. But I, I thought it was crazy that like even 50 years ago, we're still talking about plates that could kill us. You know, yeah. it's 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 very interesting. Post Chernobyl, um, yes, but you know there there are so many common household items that could kill you. That could kill you. For example, <laughs> and I'm just totally off the cuff with this. Yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> that wasn't a setup uh, at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, household plants. Did you know that? Well, I do know that around Christmas, I have to be careful what I get. Well, mistletoe can be poisonous. Poinsettias. Poinsettias, yes. Also, things like daffodils, <gasps> uh, irises. No. Lily of the valley. Didn't valley, know that. Ivy. Did well, I didn't know, know about the ivy. No. Nope. Yeah, they nope, contain nope. toxins or dangerous chemicals even because they, they're there to protect themselves from insects and animals and even humans. Yeah. So you got to be very, very careful, especially if you've got kids or pets running around. Sometimes household plants can be very dangerous. Cats like to eat plants. They kind of do. My cat yeah. likes to eat plastic. I don't know. Oh, why. God, mine too. Uh, so another thing, if you have a gas range mm. in mm-hmm. your home, carbon monoxide poisoning is no joke. Oh, no. It is the leading cause of poisoning death, and it comes from your gas oven, your car, your space heater, charcoal grills being left on for too long. I don't AC, know about that. maybe? Mm, I don't know. AC's later. I got, I got that later for a different reason. Mm. Um, so make sure that you have, you know, like a, a carbon monoxide monitor in your home. Oh, yeah. Super cheap at Walmart. Pick yeah. them up. Yeah. Here's one that you may not have thought of. Extension cords. What do you mean? Not only are extension cords a serious tripping hazard, but they cause over 3,300 residential fires per year. Because they blow up? Because they're overloaded. Oh, oh, because they're meant to be temporary. Yes, they're meant to be temporary, uh, you know, so just something else. And here's a weird one. Here's one that I, you know, uh, that when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, that that makes sense, but not for the reason I thought. Mm. Electric blankets. Yeah, you burn up. So, not necessarily from them catching fire, but people have died from heat stroke because they fell asleep and the bank blankets were at too high a setting. Wow. Yes. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. My goodness. Uh, you know, there's things like uh, hot tubs and swimming pools, also dangerous. Not yeah. for drowning, but because of Burn. cryptosporidium, which oh. is a chlorine-resistant parasite. Gets up into your no- in your nose and, like, in the brain-eating section. Yep, yep. So, if you know, and it's caused it's caused by swimmers with diarrhea uh, or leaky bladders. Uh, you know, should never it, it, pee in the pool. Exactly, you know. So, <laughs> you got to be careful with that. Uh, dryer lint. What? Failing to remove lint from the dryer is the leading cause of about 3,000 dryers per year. Dryer oh, wow. fires per year. Which results in about 100, 100 injuries and an average of five deaths a year. Jeez. So, clean your lint 
filters. I did hear one fact that said toasters kill more people than shark attacks. I believe that's accurate. Well, I mean, if you throw a, a toaster in the water, it's going to shock somebody. I mean, really. It's electrifying. Oh, you meant sharks, not shocks. Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, sharks. Sorry, I thought you had that again, the New England accent. Shocks. <laughs> shocks. I got shocks here in the water. <laughs> yeah, terrible. Uh, okay, uh, pain medicine. Household common item, right? Take it too much, I guess. You know, uh, anything with acetaminophen. Aspirin, uh, yep. You know, you get, well, you get Tylenol, you got Excedrin, Pamprin, Midol. Mucinex. Paracetamol. I have a gripe with Midol, okay? It's just marketed to women. It's the same thing. Go take yourself an ibuprofen. Okay. I, mean, I could do a whole episode, but not that. But anyways, so what do you mean? That they expire and you don't... No, no. It's overdoses. You you should oh, not oh, consume oh, 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 oh. more than 3,000 milligrams per day. That's probably according to CDC, I imagine. I would think so, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Anthony Fauci. Nicely <laughs> oh, done. Oh, he, he's retiring sooner. Has already retired. Yeah, it's poor man. Yeah. So put upon. Oh, I love him. Um, Toothpaste is another one. What? Yes. It's right on the label. Seek immediate medical help if you ingest toothpaste. I've been ingesting small amounts of it for like 40 years. That's okay. But if you do too much, the overdose can cause stomach pain and intestinal blockage. Let me rewind that. I'm not 40. You know, close to. Um, Intestinal blockage. But at least mm. you'd be minty clean from the inside out. Yep. I mean, but... <laughs> Yes, that's true. You want to be you want to be minty fresh. You, know, you want your intestines to be minty fresh. But oh, man. if the toothpaste has fluoride in it, it's worse. Oh, really? Because you can have convulsions, you can have difficulty breathing, it can even induce a heart attack. Oh my god, I'm terrified. Too much now. toothpaste. I am terrified. Now, air conditioners as you mentioned before. Yes, the fluoride, not fluoride. It uh, well there is uh, refrigerant like Freon. Yeah, Freon, that's what it was. Yeah. That can leak. Yep. It can cause heart palpitations, seizures, can cut off oxygen to your lungs and your cells. However, mostly it's people who are in the appliance repair business that are at risk. Mm. So not the usually the average person. Yeah, it must be a dying trade these days. Yeah. You can just get them on Amazon. Mm, this yeah. is true. Now, finally, and this one surprised me, your flat screen TV can kill you. Because it can fall on you. It can. So, lot, you know, this happens with children. Yeah. You know, uh, so... Same with bureaus, I yeah. imagine. Oddly enough, the, the average per year of, of kids being injured by a flat screen TV falling on them is about 17,000. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No, I, that's, that's like one kid every 30 minutes. <laughs> so where help, are the parents? Mom, help. <laughs> My LCD you know? panel fell on me. I mean... Oh, God. Talk about being blues. Oh, uh, no, that's bad. So, uh, so anyway. anyways, have you caught on to the theme yet? The theme here is household horror. So that's things right. that can kill you in your home that you didn't expect them to. And there's a there's a surprising number of videos and movies that deal with this very topic. This is true. This is true. Uh, so mind if I go first? No, please. Right. So uh, I made my first pick for household horrors based on the clever ways that several household items are used as murder weapons. <laughs> yeah. So my first pick is the 1981 near classic slasher movie, Happy Birthday to Me. Oh. Hi. Hi, Virginia. Hi. Poor Virginia. Just when the rich young snobs at Crawford High condescended to come to her birthday party, 
They're all being murdered. In the most bizarre ways imaginable. they're going, there'll be nobody left to go to her birthday party alive. Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, no one will be seated during the last ten minutes of happy birthday to me. Pray you're not invited. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. So, okay. I'm sorry. What that was the most amazing trailer I've yes. ever heard. Now, I'm um, I'm sorry, but if you're if you're only showing up to the movie for the last ten minutes, <laughs> you shouldn't be seated anyway. By the way, that's dumb. No, that's how you get to watch a movie twice over. You sneak into the next theater. Uh, yeah. I mean, Lord knows I've done that. Mm. Uh, but anyway, happy birthday to me. Thank you. It was about a month ago. Oh, yeah. Well, you're welcome. Uh, so the film actually <laughs> built its entire marketing campaign on the inventive kills that it depicts. The So the birthday girl in question is Ginny. Mm. She's, you know, a, a popular girl. She's in her senior year at a Richie Rich private high school. Mm-hmm. She's played by Melissa Sue Anderson, who is best known as a child actor on Little House on the Prairie. Oh. So she happens to be one of the top ten, a group of elite students... And, of course, they are pretty much awful pricks. Mm. They do whatever they want, and they get away with it, but Ginny has had some mental issues. She was Mary Ingalls. Yes. Mary Ingalls. Yes. Who went blind and yep. then was not blind anymore. Yes, I don't know how that works, but yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, in the movie, uh, she, she has she had years before undergone some experimental brain surgery years <laughs> after an accident, right? So she has some oh memory loss and some blackouts, you know. Yeah. So as her 18th birthday approaches, members of this top 10 clique begin dying under pretty bizarre circumstances. So, for example, one guy is strangled when, as he's working on a motorcycle, the end of his woolen scarf is thrown into the moving rear wheel, which tightens the scarf oh, that's terrifying. so tightly around his neck that it nearly decapitates him. Ooh. Yeah. Another guy who's sort of the jock of the group, mm. he is killed while bench pressing weights in the school gym. Of course. So as he's trying to press, he's trying to lift these weights, which, you know, he needs help with. He's, and there's somebody in the room with him that he knows. He's like, come on, can you help me out here? You know? But instead of Helping him out, the killer grabs a, a free weight, throws it on his um, jock, mm. you know, his, uh, you know, private parts. And so the guy drops the barbell on his neck, crushing his windpipe. So he basically kills himself. Kind of. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but he's, he's, he's trying to lift this. But the other guy in the room or the other person, the killer, right. drops a weight on his junk and then he goes, eh. right? Okay. So yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. So another one has an unfortunate encounter with uh, a shish kebab down <laughs> the throat. Oh whoa! Yeah. So as you're watching this, the movie seems to be pretty straightforward. We know early on that Ginny is committing these murders during her blackouts, right? <gasps> we even see her carrying out some of these murders. 
but all is not what it seems. Everything climaxes at Jenny's birthday party. There's mm-hmm. a cake and everything, but for some reason, none of the guests sitting around the table are hungry because they're all dead. Ooh. Did Jenny kill them all? She must have. Yes and no. Oh. There's a twist at the end, and one that kind of doesn't make much sense. It seems a little bit less than credible, but it's a it's a pretty big twist. Mm. Uh, so it's it's kind of worth it just for the last those last ten minutes at the birthday party, so to speak. Right. Um, and the thing about Happy Birthday to me, it was a Canadian film, oh. um, but. It was really, it was really well made. It was not a cheapy, throwaway slasher movie. Mm. Uh, the director, uh, who is uh, named Jay Lee Thompson, also made the original Cape Fear, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, among a lot of other movies. So this is actually a really, really well done film. The cast is also great. I mean, Melissa Sue Anderson does really well mm-hmm. as the you know is she or isn't she killer, uh, and you know uh, she's she's kind of cast against type. From Little House on the Prairie. Sure, yeah. You know, as, ooh, Melissa Sue Anderson is a killer. Ooh. Ooh. You know, so uh, pretty, pretty cool. Um, the movie does kind of suffer. It drags a little bit in the third act as you kind of wait for the birthday party. Mm. Um, but it really is a solid slasher. It's got a fun plot. Not too bloody. Mm. Uh, there's some blood, but it's not like over the top gory. It's just more, the killings are more designed to be like clever mm-hmm. than bloody. So uh, it's it's something that I really recommend. It's a great early 80s horror movie if you like that kind of thing and you think you've, oh, I've seen all the Friday the 13th movies and all that. Mm-hmm. Check out Happy Birthday to me. It's, you know, it's fun. It's a fun one. It's like a pre-Final Destination. Kind of, yeah. kind of. But it's, you know, you, you got to... You know, you got you got all, all your little like uh, different characters and the click and everything, and they're all their, their own little stereotypes and all that, but not like over the top stereotypes. Mm. Not like it's not like a Revenge of the Nerds thing or everybody's act, overacting, but uh, it's it's good. It is really good, and nice. it's it's definitely worth checking out. So now to the scores. Internet Movie Database gives Happy Birthday to Me a not so awful six out of ten. Okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, though, gives it an abysmal 18% on its tomato meter or tomato meter or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it does get a better 42% audience score from mm. Rotten Tomatoes. So they have, they differentiate. Uh, if you want to see it, if you want to see Happy Birthday to Me, check it out. You can see it for free on the Tubi or Crackle streaming platforms. Ooh. It's really best to watch while you're sitting down eating a slice of cake. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean... Ambiance. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so that's my first pick. Happy birthday to me. Very good. Mm. I like the idea of, you know, the the murderer kind of not being at fault for the killing. I mean, because you figure, like, the Thai one, you know, whatever. And then, like, the barbell phone is, I don't know. Anyways, I'll check it out. No, but somebody was murdering these people. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we all think it's Ginny until the very end when you find out otherwise. Oh. And how that works dun, out. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, even because we've seen her murder people. 
Right. So who is it? <laughs> so it's like her partner in crime. She doesn't know. Star-crossed lovers, but we both murder people. Yeah. Anyways, um, okay. So I have always been intrigued by, um, you know, older technology that's still in use today. Mm-hmm. For example, ice cream churns, oh. right? I love the idea of old ice cream churns where it's just a wooden bucket with yeah. a metal cylinder. You put ice around it, and then you make your ice cream, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I also love things like... You know, um, old ironing boards and old washing machines, mm-hmm. like, they're so, they're bizarre, but they worked. And then you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, what was the thinking behind this technology and why were someone, you know, prompted to use this instead of, um, you know, whatever it could be, a washboard or something of that nature. So my first pick, well, really my only pick, and I've got a, quite a few of, uh, honorable mentions here, um, it might be, it might be the goriest, bloodiest movie I have I have offered on this podcast. Oh, yep. intrigued. Yep. It's also probably the worst rated. Oh, I'm even more intrigued. <laughs> and it also has some of the best horror actors for being one of the worst movies ever. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. Came out in 1995. Oh. oh, oh. Yeah. This is called The Mangler. There's a little bit of me in that machine, and a little bit of it in me. There was an accident today, the worst one I've ever seen. Have you considered the possibility that the machine might be haunted? That machine killed your daughter. We all have to make sacrifices. Human sacrifices. demon is a kind of electricity. Sometimes it gets out of control. People get hurt. Three modern masters of horror have just created the ultimate machine for terror. Yes. Wait a minute. Is this based on a Stephen King? Short story by Stephen King. okay. In a collection of amongst, I think there was 20 of them. Hmm. But yes, it's based on this. It it was something along a 20-page little um, story that they turned into a movie in 1995 starring Robert England, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger, you know. Um, also had Ted Levine in it, who was in, of course, Science of the Lambs. Uh, exactly. And directed by Toby Hopper, or Hooper, I think it was. Hooper. Hooper, who, of course, brought us Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and Poltergeist, maybe? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, that's, that's a whole thing. <laughs> um, 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 so, okay, L- let me get into this. The Mangler... <laughs> Uh, is it's really based off the design of a of a much older let's say like early 19th century uh washing machine sort of like press that you would feed clothes through it would spin and it would squeeze out all the water right so then you could just kind of take them out and hang them up Mm. but i think i guess the idea here is that you know it would squeeze it into this tub and it would make things easier. Anyways, but the mangler in this film is um, a giant piece of machinery inside of a factory in a small town where in Maine, of course, it's Stephen mm, King, yeah. right? Now, Robert England, 
is this creepy, creepy, and I mean, has the worst makeup prosthetics that you've seen him worse than Freddy Freddy Krueger. Wow. Worse. Okay, that's handsome. Old man, and he is the factory owner. He employs, uh, you know, a bunch of people and whatnot. Um, And (laughs) he's just creepy. You know that he's, like, one of the villains just right off the Mm. bat because he's creepy. Anyway, it's the Mangler. So it starts off, you know... People are in this factory. They are feeding clothes through this giant, um, you know, washing board kind of machine. And, um, you know, it just, people are tending to get hurt. Hmm. Now, he also employs his niece, Sherry. Um, She's a teenager, which is, uh, there's an odd point about that, but I'll get to that later. She's a teenager, and she ends up, um, you know, getting distracted or getting her arm cut on this old ice box that these workers are moving, and she bleeds into the machine, and then all of a sudden, the machine comes to life, Ooh. right? Now, they bring in the grisly, old, almost retired detective cop officer guy who's a widow. You know the stereotype, the mm-hmm. trope? And he, this is, like, his last big thing, and yeah. he... You know, he's going to give it his all because he's one of those guys, but also just like he's his exterior just says that he doesn't believe in anything. Well, he's a widower. His brother-in-law, Mark, is a, again, another trope, but a a creepy, uh, you know, nerdy guy who's into the occult and says to him, well, of course, the machine must be haunted or it must be, you know, possessed by some demon. Mm. Um, you know, and as they're trying to kind of come to terms with this, more and more people are getting uh, sucked into this mangler flattening press machine. Um, at one at one point, there's an old lady, um, and she's eating antacids for something, and then all of a sudden, she gets caught in the machine. I don't remember how, but she's, she goes in arm first, and the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life is a view, a point of view from inside of the mangler cut like in half and you see it crushing her arm Ooh. and it literally breaks apart like like a Kit Kat bar or something it is the grossest thing I've ever seen but of course they're pulling her and pulling her and at that point I kind of want to be like what kind of life is she going to have she's already been like half chewed up mm. but whatever so um <laughs> trying to get her out of it and basically the machine just keeps swallowing people right <laughs> um uh so <laughs> I'm sorry. I just this this gore factor is easily an eight and a half, nine out of ten. There's so much blood, and not just like you know, movie blood. Some of it looks like chocolate syrup. I'm not gonna lie, mm. but like a lot of it really is very realistic, and it's very uncomfortable the way that people are dying because they're essentially being crushed to death right through this mangler mm. but also at the same time like they're being pulled and, and it's like a, a a really old school renaissance like rack ugh. it's like ugh. anyways like a taffy puller yeah so <laughs> yes exactly so all right so the brother-in-law mark says all right he must be uh, possessed we're gonna perform an exorcism <laughs> on a machine sure they perform said exorcism and they think all is well right um something comes into play where the gruff officer uh is now like, oh, I need an antacid because I'm having some, some, you know, whatever. And he eats one, and they realize that there's a connection between those ones and the ones the old lady was eating in the beginning of the film. And they think, oh, okay, well, the mangler's actually still alive, and he's in... The thing comes to life, and arms start sprouting out, and it's now movable. And it's the weird... Oh, and it tears the limbs and the legs off of Mark, and the poor guy dies in a not-so-fun way. Wow. But you remember Sherry I mentioned, mm. right? <clears throat> well, turns out that Robert England's character knew it was possessed the whole time. 
And he made it, he, along with other previous generations of, of wealthy town benefactors, made a deal with the demon that he that they would sacrifice or offer up a virginal, um, always a virgin, a virginal woman to the machine in, in exchange for wealth and power. It's not exactly explained how, because mm. keep in mind, this is a, a giant metal yeah. tractor. Mm. But anyway, so... <laughs> In the process of this trying to happen, um, you know, the the cop kind of, like, kind of has feelings for her. Keep in mind, she's, like, 16. Creepy. Um, Robert England meets a very messy, messy end, uh, and they think all is well. And they say, well, you know, it only possesses people because it takes a piece of them, you know? It takes a physically a piece. So Sherry gave gave it its blood, her blood, and then the old lady gave it, well, her everything. Mm. And, (laughs) you know? So... Basically, at the end, um, the, the machine is is I guess free of the demon, right? They've they've ended this whole deal with him because Robert's dead. Robert England's character's dead, whatever. And then the officer is bringing flowers to Sherry, who, by the way, now has just seamlessly slipped into her uncle's position. She's a very wealthy woman now. She's like well respected, and she has all this fame and power and stuff. Right? And you're like, that's weird, right? Mm. So he's coming to bring her flowers, and then she like rebuffs him or her turns around and he recognizes that she's missing like a finger or something and he's like oh my god the demon's still alive and she must have made a deal with the demon so the last couple of scenes are him like throwing these really awkwardly placed flowers down and running away and the only thought of course i had in my mind was like guys she's 16 that's creepy (laughs) but anyways it it it, it, (laughs) it's about a giant washing machine that comes to life and squishes people to death that's Until of course it grows legs and then chops them sure. off people. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um <laughs> <laughs> This this film is um oh, this there's so much to it. It's very bloody. As I'm just gonna put that out there. Trigger warning, it is bloody. But it did not do so well with the scores. Mm, no. I mean I, I have not seen the Mangler, <sighs> but I have heard Stories about how bad it is. Well, here's the thing. There are sometimes there are movies that are so bad that they're good. Mm-hmm. And we love those. Oh, yes. Yes. But I don't think this falls into this category. <laughs> I think it does a disservice for Stephen King. Um, but it also has a cult classic vibe. Like, Robert England, I, I honestly can't disassociate him from Freddy Krueger. Right, yeah. right. But also, he lends this air of authenticity to it. So you're automatically drawn in by like, all right, these are great characters. It's going to be good. So it feels kind of disappointing in like yeah. a wasted opportunity way. But I still think you should watch it if you like gory movies because these are this is bloody. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so to the scores, IMDb gives it a very dismal four point three out of ten. Ugh. Not very no. good. Metacritic, Metacritic gives it an eight, just a singular eight. <laughs> and the Rotten Tomatoes gives it a twenty seven percent. And believe it or not, this one, unlike yours, has a lower audience score. Wow, at an eighteen percent. So. It, it it overall didn't hit any awards, right? It has been featured on um, science fiction theater and, um, you know, other people who fil- who like cult films such as that. Mm. But, yeah. Anyways, you can watch it right now on the only place that I was able to find it, which is Apple TV. Mm. Uh, you can rent it for two ninety nine, or you can buy it. But I would say to you, if you happen to be streaming on the YouTubes, you might be able to find a version, as of this recording... That uh, still includes old commercials. Well, not commercials, but like advertisements from the 80s. Oh, cool. 
um, or nine early nineties because it's basically the same thing. Um, but yeah, that's my pick. That's my uh, my very bloody pick. It <laughs> a giant washing machine comes to life and kills you. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, this is what happens when you try to stretch a twenty-page story into a full-length feature. This I can't believe Stephen King. I mean, you, you got to figure what came after that, like misery. I mean, yeah, but he has said more than once that, you know, once someone buys the rights to make a movie from his stories, he's got nothing. Yeah, he washes his hands. He's like, you know, unless he's writing the screenplay or whatever, then he's got nothing to do with it. This is true. I just don't know what I mean. He's kind of one of these authors, I think, that just they say, go take creative freedom however you want with the thing that I have produced. Yeah, I don't want anything to associating with myself with it. But most of the time, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, and that has mixed results. It does, yeah. So. But I mean, this is not misery level. This is not pet cemetery level. No, it's, this is not Cujo level. Oh, Cujo. <laughs> so yeah, that's poor my, dog. Yeah, um, that's my only pick. Um, I think you should check it out, and um, yeah, be prepared. It's bloody. Mm. It's gross. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Thanks. It's 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 funny because that is one that is one of the gaps that for me because I haven't. I've never seen it. Well, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> I mean, because honestly, it, it, it involves like the director who we talked about, basically yeah. films we've already watched, and Robert England. I mean, he's just... I mean, I honestly can't think... He was in the new Stranger Things, young kids. Yeah. He was the old guy who cut his eyeballs out. Yeah, influenced by Vecna. Yeah, yeah. So if you're wondering who we're talking about, that's who we're talking that's about. Him. That's Gave him. a brilliant performance in that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freddy, Freddy Krueger, but, you know, yeah, iconic. Kruger. Iconic, yeah. exactly. That's why the kids always have Halloween costumes. Who, I mean, four-year-olds walk around with Freddy Krueger um, slasher fingers. Yeah, which I don't understand. Don't understand. Because he was a child killer. Yeah. So that's ironic in a weird way. That's true, but people are also falling in love with Jeffrey Dahmer from uh, Netflix. No, no, so. no. Not going to watch it. Heard too many bad things. Yeah. Not, not my scene. Nope. Not nope, my nope, 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 nope. not my dish, as it were. I just got depressed enough by watching the documentary about the Las Vegas shooting. Oh, um, I have not watched that. It's good, uh, but it's you know, depressing. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, I'll have some honorable mentions later, but why don't you give me your second pick? All right, then. So my second pick mm. revolves around an object that can be found in one form or another in almost every dwelling. Let's see. It's something we humans spend a great deal of time using. In fact, the average person spends 26 years of their life on one. A mirror? Mm-mm. Toilet? Mm-mm. Not the toilet. A sink? Nope. Uh, a couch? Close. A recliner? Mm, farther away. A chaise? Mm-mm. Couldn't tell you. I am referring to a bed. Oh. Yes. So, you got bunk beds, you got water beds, air beds, Murphy beds, flower beds. I don't know how they no. get in the script. No. Anyway, uh, my second pick is the 1977 surrealistic horror movie, Deathbed. The bed that eats. Yes, you heard right. A bed that oh. eats. Oh, man. People. Now, before you throw all those mattress firm conspiracy theories at me... They're, they're never busy. Oh, I know. So, this doesn't have anything to do with Mattress Firm. Okay. All right. So, Deathbed is an odd one, to be sure. But even weirder is the long, strange trip it took to even be seen by the public. 
The film was written, produced, and directed by a man named George Barry. He started shooting it in 1972, didn't finish it until 1977, and then nothing happened. Oh. No one would release it. Not in theaters, not on VHS, nothing. One video company in the UK saw a print of the film and offered to release it on video cassette if George would pony up three grand to add credits to the film. He couldn't afford it, and that was that. Wow. However, not long after, a small British video label released a bootleg of Deathbed on VHS. This led to other bootleg releases around the world. Meanwhile, George Barry was just living his life completely unaware that anyone had seen his movie other than who he showed it to. Right. Uh, that changed in 2001 when George stumbled upon, and stumbled upon an internet movie forum discussing his movie. <laughs> nice. And he was like, what? How, how did you see this? What? How, no one has seen this movie. So one thing led to another, and in 2003, Deathbed got its first ever theatrical screening at a film festival in San Francisco. And then subsequently had a DVD release and then a Blu-ray release. How surreal. So I know dreams can come true, I guess, <laughs> you know, when, you're not, when you're not paying attention. So what is Deathbed about? Well, it's perhaps best explained by comedian and nerd king Patton Oswalt, who in one of his routines describes Deathbed. It's hard, man. I'm trying to write movies, and it's fucking impossible. What really made it hard recently, two months ago, a movie just got released on DVD. It was made in 1977. They never released it, ever. It wasn't even in the movie theaters. And they just now put it on DVD. It's called Deathbed, the bed that eats people. I'm not, go IMDb this. It's called Deathbed, the bed that eats people. And it's about a bed that's evil, and it eats people. That's the whole movie. And the backstory is it starts in the 1500s and there's a demon and the guy kills the demon with a sword and the demon's blood gets on the bed and the bed's evil and you fast forward to present day, 77, when people f*** on the bed, the bed kills them. That's the whole goddamn movie. This guy wrote Deathbed, the bed that eats people. He took it to another guy and said, okay, it's called Deathbed, the bed that eats people. Now, the backstory is there's a demon in the 1500s, and the guy kills it. And the second guy said, stop drilling, you hit oil. You had me at Deathbed. We are going to rent cameras, buy film stock, hire a crew. We're going to shoot this masterpiece. Yeah, so (laughs) I know, I know, right? So, oh, by the way, Patton did get the title a little bit wrong. It's Deathbed, the Bed That Eats, not the Bed That Eats People. But ah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, the connotation's so, there. So, yeah, it's about an evil bed that eats anyone who gets too sleepy and decides to take a nap permanently. Uh, the movie is broken up into chapters or uh, actually courses. Like the, So the each segment of the film, which is basically a different story about people who you know, die on the bed, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, so the, the, these sort of individual segments are titled breakfast, lunch, <laughs> dinner, and just desserts. So each <laughs> course of the movie is a, just a new set of victims, right? Right, okay. Now, it's, it's, that's kind of cool in its own way. It's very interesting, but it, it's weird. It's a weirdly shot, very surrealistic movie. Not very scary, but... 
it makes up for it for being really interesting. Oh. And it's also very, very polarizing, too, because people, and I've read a bunch of reviews of this, um, they either love the odd visual style or think it's one of the worst movies ever made. Mm-hmm. And it might actually be both at the same time. Fair. Um, so I, it, took me, it took me a few tries mm-hmm. to get through Deathbed, The Bed That Eats. Right. Uh, but I have to give this guy, George Barry, credit. He wanted to make this movie. He made this movie. He thought it was going to be forever lost. Uh, and then something amazing happened and people found it and started talking about it. And voila, years later, you know, it, it's actually got a release. And I just think that's a great story in and of itself. Mm. Um, but even if it were if it were just a bad movie, if it were just a piece of crap, I don't think this would have happened. Because somebody would have saw it and said, no, nah, whatever. It's it's awful. Right. So for me, I have to give it points because of the this, this, the audacity that this director had to make a film that he wanted, uh, to do it the way that he wanted, mm-hmm. and to sort of um, you know stick to his guns. And years later, it paid off, right. which I think is great. Uh, but you know, if you, it is definitely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think some people will have a difficult time getting through it uh and that's okay but if you're you know if you're up for it i think i think it's worth a look because it is really interesting Mm -hmm. uh and it's unspoiled it's not it hasn't been you know impacted by any studio it hasn't been fiddled with it's this is what this guy wanted to do right um so how many movies can you say that about i know exactly exactly i just love it i love the story uh so let's get to the scores deathbed the bed that eats gets short-sheeted with a 4.3 out of 10 on the Internet Movie Database and a pretty putrid 30% score on the Rotten Tomatoes. Um, But, like I said, that belies what I think is what's more interesting about this movie. You know, is that the director got it made, he did it Mm -hmm. his way, and ultimately was rewarded for his efforts, even though it was decades later. There are some people that are still weird that are out there. Exactly. God bless them. (laughs) There you go. Good for him. If you want to curl up with a nice warm blanket and watch Deathbed, you can rent it on Prime Video for a ridiculous $4. No. (laughs) Or, as of this recording, it is free to watch in its entirety on YouTube. YouTube. So, ultimately, it won't give you nightmares. But it won't put you to sleep either. Ooh. There you go. All right. Good so that was pick. My second pick. Thank you. Yeah, good pick. I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Hmm. Um, you know, you mentioned our first episode, which is funny because we'll, ne- we'll never release that again. No, unless you um, pay money. Yeah. Um, but my pick for that first, I don't know if you remember, but um, I chose Killer Tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, here's the thing. These these honorable mentions aren't about movies that have household items, but they have these iconic scenes. And one of them is the tomato, the killer tomato, inside of a garbage disposal. Um, and I don't know what they use for special effects, but you have to watch it is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious <laughs> and terrifying. Yeah, I know the one. And then I think this might be one of my top three movies of all time. Ooh. Of all time. And I don't count like Lord of the Rings trilogies, even though it's like, you know, whatever. Um, but I mean, like... Movies, Gremlins. Uh, Gremlins. So you remember Blender? 
mm-hmm. which is one of what they call the first batch. Right. Um, the first movie where, you know, the friend spills water on Gizmo and mm-hmm. then things pop out of his back. And, well, one of those, quote, gremlins is Blender because Blender decides to take a little, like, snooze in a blender, actually. <laughs> and the mom, who freaks out beyond comprehension, decides that she's going to reach around the corner in the kitchen and just press a couple of buttons on this ancient antique blender and he goes spinning and... Ugh. And honestly, it was really gross. Yeah. It was like like gremlin guts everywhere. But I think that's an iconic scene. It and is. I, I love that movie. You can never say anything bad about gremlins to me. No, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's also, I, I consider it a great Christmas movie. You know, I would say Christmas movie too because it starts at Christmas time. There's, of course, you know, in the beginning, they mm-hmm. see the movie theater and what's playing. So, yeah. yeah. Gremlins is a fantastic movie. Cool. Maybe not the second one. I like the second. I one. do, but it's not as great as the first one. No, no, it can't be. So. No, but um, bef- yeah, that that that's those are my two picks. I think that if you're gonna watch any of them, watch Gremlins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, thank you. So I have only one honorable mention, and only one because I really want to recommend this. Okay. But I couldn't fit it as a regular pick because the film is in Japanese, and there are no clips or trailers I can play from it. Yeah. So you know, but. Uh, it actually kind of, as you were describing the Mangler, made me think of it. Uh, so this is a 1989 film. It is completely bonkers. It's a horror monster comedy called Battle Heater. <laughs> so the monster in, in this is, in fact, a, a space a space heater. Oh, nice. Oh, it's a space heater. Nice. A possessed space heater. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this little evil appliance has kind of a similar journey to that of like Audrey 2 and Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, Audrey 2. It gets bigger and more powerful, grows teeth, has a mouth and tentacles, which are like cables, like electric cables, uh, and so on. Uh, This is about as insane a visual experience as you can possibly have. And it is all done, I mean, just tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. I mean, the characters are all very goofy, mm-hmm. um, but it is so inventive to have an evil space heater mm-hmm. killing people. Uh, I can honestly say I've never seen anything quite like it. I cannot recommend it enough if you're into that kind of weirdness. Well, I think you would agree by saying if I said that Japanese horror is its own thing. It is. It really is. Some of it is so inventive and insane. Insane. And what I love about like it's like a lot of like cinema from Asia, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, from China, Hong Kong, Japan, South South Korea. Korea. Yep. Is that. You can put virtually any premise in front of an audience there, mm-hmm. and they will buy into it. Yes. American audiences are very cynical. Yes. Well, it takes a lot to break into the audi- into the um, you know atmosphere of American audiences, but that goes for like music too, and and anything like that. But you got to figure, you know, who is the um, Xi Jinping? I think is the leader, perhaps. Um, you know. There's this whole there was this whole direction back in the 80s to take the South Korean people and the area into modernity, modernity right? Yeah. So then, you know, that's why we get so many K-dramas and like K-pop stars and Yeah, it's so popular. It, it saturates the market because it's just so applicable. Yeah. Anybody would like it. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, yeah. but especially their horrors, I mean, have you seen you've seen Squid Games obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that was that was deserving of every single enemy mm-hmm. uh, enemy sorry emmy mm-hmm. and enemy <laughs> and enemy no but emmy that it won um it i can't wait for season two and you know if this is what we're you know what we can expect from in the future uh you know it's we're gonna have a lot of fun content how can you beat that i don't know but it's gonna be pretty awesome yes so all right well that's the first episode one. Week one, week one of Halloween Horror Month. And episode one episode of one. season five. And episode 142 of the entire series. Wow. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? We're still so old. I know. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, well. Um, uh, I want to thank everybody who has made it this far mm-hmm. and who's listened to our, our podcast. And, you know, we talk about this sort of month and this time of the year all the time. And we know that we're very excited. So we want to thank you for being so patient and yes. waiting for all of our um, our episodes to mm-hmm. come up. Mm-hmm. If you, however, you know, you get that hankering, as it were, <laughs> to listen to our podcast. Hankering. <laughs> and you you need to fill that special void. We'll head over to the deepdivepodcast.com mm. where you will find an entire list <laughs> minus episode 1 yes. of our podcast that includes all of our previous Halloween horror months, mm-hmm. uh, especially last year where we had a special 5 week yes uh, exploration of of horror themes. Mm-hmm. You'll find our merch stand and luckily You'll find links to all of our social medias there. Yes. Instagram, f- Twitter, 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 Twat, Twat, Twatness. I don't know. Listen, you want to contact us, go through Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, or you can email us at the deep dive podcast at gmail.com. We literally love hearing from you, yes. and we would love to hear from more of you. Yes. Um, send us in suggestions, you know, um, send us in your thoughts. Um, feel free to rate us on Apple, iPod, or iTunes <laughs> on Apple Podcasts. iPod? I had... Wow. I love my iPod. My iPod's still going. But Really? Oh, yes. Um, on Apple Podcasts, you can give us a rating. You know that five-star rating that helps us reach more people. And right now, if you search the Deep Dive Podcast, I think we're like number four that mm-hmm. show up. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because we're sticking with it. Heck yeah. That's you can't right. get rid of us. But anyways, thank you for listening and... What's coming up next week? Oh, next week. Oh, it's all about those freaky flop houses, those <laughs> risky resorts, those lethal lodgings. That's right. Ooh. Hotels of horror. Hotels. Uh, we're not talking about the Motel 666 or the Scariot. Uh, <laughs> we're talking full on frightening hotels here. Whatever you do, don't look inside the mini bar. <laughs> and don't pay for internet. That's right. And if you are going to use internet, use it in your room, not in the lobby, because the room is safer. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, for Amanda, I'm Tom Feeney. Don't forget to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local mad scientist. <laughs> and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. All clips used in the Deep Dive podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Ha, 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 ha. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios. Before you use any aerosol sprays, always read the Dreshking's voice. Don't ever poke a hole in a can you think's is empty, cause it can explode. Spray cans are okay if used the right way, says Popeye the Sailor Man.